Welcome to Canada's HR News Podcast. It is March 3rd, 2022. My name is Elena Bobireba. In today's episode, employers report rise in candidate ghosting. Global employers are focusing on employee well-being during talent scarcity. Ontario plans to establish general minimum wage for digital platform workers. Ontario also plans to mandate naloxone kits in high-risk workplaces. The provinces continue to lift COVID measures. Canadian Mental Health Association issued a report about COVID impact on mental health of our population. March is celebrated as the Women's History Month in Canada. Ghosting by job candidates is taking an increasing toll on employers, according to Robert Half. In a survey of more than 800 senior managers in Canada, 43% of respondents said that it is more common for job candidates to cut off communication now than two years ago. In a separate survey, professionals revealed the main reason for ghosting a prospective employer. The job was not what they expected at 43%. The interview process was poor at 31%. They received another job offer, 18% and a mandatory return to office policy was implemented in this prospective employer's workplace, 8%. Ghosting isn't the only factor making employers' hiring plans more difficult, according to the research of Robert Half. Last year, nearly 6 in 10 employers surveyed said they've missed out on a potential hire because the company took too long to make an offer, 35%. The candidate wanted more schedule flexibility, 33%. They didn't meet the candidate's salary expectations, 30%. How can employers reduce ghosting by candidates? Suggestions from Robert Half include streamlining your hiring processes. The other employers are likely courting the dream candidates, so they need to be prepared to move fast. Make a priority to interview top candidates right away. Treat job seekers with respect. Your company will gain a reputation for being considerate and professional. Make an offer they can't refuse. In this fiercely competitive hiring market, you can't take a risk on low balling compensation. Consider extending above-average compensation right away. Sign-on bonuses, flexible or remote work options, and flexible schedule can help sweeten the pot. Keep candidates engaged after the interview with follow-up correspondence that is friendly, persuasive, and specific. For example, personalize messages by mentioning to the candidate what you admire about their skill set and how they would be a valuable addition to your team. End messages with details about next steps. The global survey by Randstad SourceWrite which polled more than 900 human resources and C-suite leaders across 18 countries, found that 80% respondent said that putting personal well-being first is important to job applicants. 62% are also investing in workplace culture, employee feedback, and engagement systems to better gauge employee sentiments and understand their needs. When it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion, 88% of Canadian leaders are embedding DEI in their talent strategies. However, just 54% said their hiring practices supported their diversity goals in 2021. Two-thirds of Canadian business leaders plan to hire extensively this year. They report that key levers that were most effective in combating talent scarcity included building talent pools for future needs, providing flexible working situations, 
increasing pay and offering sign-on bonuses, seeking talent outside of their typical geographies, and engaging with contingent talent. 50% of respondents said they expect their permanent workforce to work remotely at least part of the time, while 65% have asked employees to come back on site for at least a few days a week. Ontario government announced on February 28 their proposal to establish a minimum wage and other foundational rights for digital platform workers who offer rides or deliver food and other items for companies such as Uber, DoorDash and Instacart. The announcement states that data shows as many as 1 in 5 Canadians work in the gig economy, a number that is predicted to increase. However, these workers often face uncertain working conditions and lack necessary protections, including finding it difficult to predict paychecks or resolve complaints. The government's proposal would include the following rights and protections. Earning at least the general minimum wage for the time worked. The right to keep their tips. Written notice if they are being removed from the platform. The right to resolve their work-related disputes in Ontario and protection from reprisal should they seek to assert their rights. Ontario proposes mandating naloxone kits in high-risk workplaces. The new measures would improve worker safety and save lives. The government reports that approximately 2,500 people died from opioid-related causes between March 2020 and January 2021. Of the victims who were employed, 30% were construction workers. Bars and nightclubs are also seeing increased opioid usage, which often involve recreational drugs laced with deadly opioids. Naloxone is a medication that can temporarily reverse the effects of an opioid overdose and allow time for medical help to arrive. Requiring businesses in high-risk settings to have naloxone kits on hand will help reduce the stigma around opioid abuse, raise awareness about the risks of accidental overdoses, and potentially save hundreds of lives a year. The government plans to increase the maximum fines for businesses that fail to protect their workers to the highest in the country. The proposed increased fines would reinforce the importance of putting worker safety first and further penalize those that treat injuries as the cost of doing business. Officers and directors of businesses that do not provide a safe work environment that leads to a worker being severely injured or dying on the job could face fines of up to $1.5 million under the Occupational Health and Safety Act if convicted. Charges for other individuals are also rising up to $500,000. These measures are part of Ontario's ambitious plan to attract the best workers from across Canada and around the world by making the province the best place to live, work and raise a family. COVID Update In Alberta, many COVID-related public health measures were lifted on March 1st. The changes include an end to capacity limits and most of the masking rules. Indoor masking will still be required in high-risk settings and on public transit. Isolation is still legally required for people who have COVID-19 symptoms or tested positive. Quarantine is no longer legally required for close contacts of positive cases unless directed to do so by local public health officials. The province has also ended mandatory work-from-home orders. Alberta began lifting public health measures two weeks ago when it cancelled its vaccine passport.
Ontario is cautiously and gradually easing public health and workplace safety measures. As of March 1st, the changes to public health and workplace safety measures include capacity limits have been lifted in all indoor public settings, proof of vaccination requirements have been lifted, businesses and organizations may choose to require proof of vaccination upon entry, other protective measures such as mask, face covering requirements remain in place. Businesses and organizations that are open must continue to have safety plans in place. In the Northwest Territories, as of March 1st, the government reduced travel requirements for self-isolation and ended gathering restrictions, as well as the proof of vaccine program for businesses. As of March 4th, Yukon will be eliminating some COVID measures, including size limits on venue capacity and limits on bars and restaurants. As of March 18, the Yukon government plans on removing the requirements to wear masks and the requirements to show proof of vaccination to access designated sites. A new report from the Canadian Mental Health Association about COVID impact on mental health reveals that most Canadians worry that COVID will never go away. A new survey conducted in partnership with UBC shows that 64% of Canadians are worried about new variants and 57% worried about COVID-19 circulating in the population for years to come. Two years of pandemic-related stressors, including grief and trauma, are likely to lead to significant long-term mental health effects on both our population and the frontline mental health providers caring for them. The chronic stress of dealing with the pandemic is taking its toll, making basic decisions harder, sapping our energy, and leaving people plain tired or burnt out. Nearly half of Canadians are stressed or worried about coping with uncertainty. CMHA calls on the federal government to better fund, support, and integrate community mental health services within the healthcare system. CMHA stresses the importance of investing in mental health promotion and mental health illness prevention program, publicly funding community-based counseling, and investing in housing, income supports, and food security. March is the Women's History Month in Canada. The theme this year is Women Inspiring Women. It is a great time to celebrate all the women and girls who inspire us by demonstrating leadership in their day-to-day -day lives. The women and girls who stand up for the important social, economic, cultural and political causes. And this is the HR News for March 3rd, 2022. For more information on the news, follow us on Twitter at CanHRNews or visit our website.